sometimes I feel. I don't know. I don't know. Buona giornata, buona serata, buona giornata. There's not really time to relax and take an espresso for Juventus. <laughs> you don't have to get that You don't have to get that Attaccare! Welcome to the Euro Show here on a Monday night on FNR Football Nation Radio. Nick Tabano and Josh Parrish in the studio. Of course, another big weekend of football happening all around Europe. It just never seems to disappoint, Josh. There's always something happening, whether it's in Italy or Spain or Germany, France, Belgium, wherever it might be. There's always something exciting happening. But it's been an interesting week. We saw the Champions League uh, round of 16 sorted out, the round of 32 of the Europa League, we saw a dog mm-hmm. um, dropping something out of the other end on the middle of, in the middle of a conference league game. <laughs> this um, sums up the conference league. Yeah, to be honest. it was a it was a metaphor, really, mm. um, and a lot of action happening this weekend. But first of all, Josh, how are you feeling, mate? I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm not feeling as full of myself as Latan Ibrahimovic is at 40. Yes, uh, dropping his autobiography, another one. In mm. fact, this one titled Adrenaline. Yeah, Which I guess is what he's running on at this point. He is. Well, he running always on says, fumes. Well, he always says that every game, getting up for every game for him is a struggle at the moment. He's always sore, and mm, it's just ad- like literally adrenaline is what gets him through games at the moment. So, I guess it's apt. Imagine the sound his knees make when he sits down. It would sound like an old steam train. Just, you know, <laughs> it's like a creaky hinge. Yeah, or like a door hinge that really needs that spray. What's, yeah, you know, WD-40 yeah. required. Um, but, uh, I mean, he's still scoring goals, and he doesn't like paying for fruit juice. That's one thing we do. We have no. found out. If he wants Latan's respect, do not ask him to pay for his sugary beverages. Yes. Man needs his fructose. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he's. Uh, I think he paid, they said that when he was at Manchester United, he said he had to pay one pound from his multi-million dollar salary, which is not just what Manchester United were paying him, every other endorsement and everything else in between. Uh, he couldn't pay a pound for fruit juice. Well, he definitely didn't want to. Uh, sh- sh- shall I read? Shall I read from this, this extract from his autobiography? Uh, one thing surprised me. Everyone thinks of United as a top club, one of the richest and most powerful in the world. And seen from the outside, it looked that way to me, he writes. But once I was there, I found a small, closed mentality. One day I was in the hotel with the team before a game. I got thirsty, so I opened the minibar and had a fruit juice. Well, some time went by. My payslip arrives. Normally I don't look at it. I only do so at the end of the year to see what's come in and what's gone out. What a life. Uh, but that time, I don't know why. I was curious and realized they'd taken a pound off my monthly wage. I called the team manager, being the yeah. guy who organizes this stuff, not, you know. Mm. Um, who was His manager was at, uh, it would have been Van Hal. Means team manager. Yeah, he's, he's uh, so the team manager. I thought you were going to say, well, his agent's a bit not Ayola, but team manager, yeah. Excuse me, why have they taken a pound off my salary? The team manager had a look and told me it was the fruit juice from the minibar. Are you kidding? Seriously? No, I'm not. Here, if you order something, you have to pay for it. Sure, but I didn't go to the hotel on my own accord. I wasn't on holiday. It was my workplace. I was there for Manchester. If I have to play and I'm thirsty, I have to drink. I can't go on the pitch dehydrated. I don't think fruit juice actually hydrates you, but anything. Anyway. Wouldn't it do the opposite? Isn't it dehydrates? It's a lot of sugar. Like when I think of having fruit juice, I want more fruit juice or more water because that's the point of it. I mean, perhaps valuable antioxidants for performance. Potentially. Can you believe it? A quid? Something like, I can't imagine Zlatan actually using the word quid. quid. This sounds ghost written to me. Something like that would never happen in Italy. 
These are the details that make a difference and earn the respect of the players. And this is another gem. Every day I was asked to show my papers just to get into the training ground. I'd lower my window and say to the person at the gate, listen, my friend, I've been coming here every day for a month. I'm the best player in the world. If you still don't recognize me, you're in the wrong job. Do you know who I am? That sounds familiar. I mean, the, the thing is, like, I mean, that's fair enough. Like, if you're the steward at... You know, going into whether it's an old Trafford or Manchester United training ground, you surely just see Zlatan. You'd be like, all right, in you go, wave mate. on like, through. Surely he's pretty in. recognizable. I mean, he's one of the most recognizable faces on the planet. Like, I, I guess it's possible that Alexander Priovich would rock up an expensive <laughs> car and and do a convincing Zlatan through the window. But yeah, but it's still they they yeah. There's the, the, the lookalikes are few and far between. Is yeah. what I'm saying. That's well, a, that's a very small chance. Anyways, uh, Zlatan. Give that man free fruit juice. I'm sure Stefano Pioli and Koe Milan have learnt that if he wants juice, you fill it up for him and you don't charge him a quid. Um, but look, I'm not sure you should be drinking too much fruit juice as a professional football. I guess this it's low G. It's sorry, high GI, and it's uh, you know you do a lot of activity. But if Milan have learnt any, anything over the years, it's the dentistry is weirdly important to the performance of old players. Wasn't that a famous thing at the Milan lab? Yeah, you know, in the, the Milan mid-2000s? Has, the Milan labs had some weird... Fix your teeth, weird. fix your performance. Yeah, there's been some weird habits at the Milan lab, and there's been a recurring theme that soft tissue injuries uh, are a problem that haven't been re- resolved there, mm-hmm. consistent soft tissue injuries. They're more focused still on the, the dental health of the players, but not necessarily the ones that make them, the, the parts of the body that make them run and perform on a weekly basis. Anyways, good to know that they're taking care of their teeth, but for Milan... They weren't able to take care of business on the weekend. It's a nice apt little uh, segue because Latan Ibrahimovic actually scored a late equaliser against um, a team by the name of Udinese that uh, they disguise themselves as a football team when in reality they are the absolute just you, – you hate playing against them. Going to going to the Friuli, doesn't matter where they are on the table, it is the one fixture you go like I just – like, I, I didn't even wake up for the game. Put it like that. I woke up for the second half, and I thought, like, this game is going to be exactly how I envisaged it. I woke up, I saw we down 1-0, I knew it. And I saw the possession stats and saw 27% possession with Inezze, 73% Milano. And, like, <laughs> it's just deja vu all over again, even after they sacked Luca Gotti over the weekend. But Zlatan, who... Had quite a quiet game, came up trumps when it mattered, scoring a bicycle kick in the most Latan Ibrahimovic way possible to steal a point. But this game was hot, especially at the end. I don't know if you guys have seen this at home, but make sure you do. In the final minutes, uh, former Watford striker, well, there's a lot of former Watford players that play for Udinese, to be honest. Uh, Isaac's success had just been subbed on. He got a little bit hot under the collar. And he, there was a moment, I think Mike Mignon was trying to take the ball out and he got a bit frustrated, tried to, you know, get in his way. A bit of a scuffle ensued and then he just shoved Alessandro Florenzi off the ball and Florenzi looked like he got shot the way he fell. Like, I don't know if you've seen it, Josh, but he literally jumped like, you know, at least a few feet off the ground. Oh, but and, there's a lot of snipers in the stands. Oh, yeah. Matches, and um, so. success was sent off. Um, he stormed down the tunnel, and it was probably the most exciting part of the game because not much else really happened in this one. Um, Udinese taking, a, well, for Milan, it's two points dropped. It's a big point for Udinese. 
Um, but one player as well to keep an eye on if you're one of those players looking out for sort of players coming through the ranks. And one player I really do like, Rineza, is Beto, their new striker. Um, he's come in. He's scored quite a few goals this season now. He scored the goal, the opening goal in the 17th minute. He has been absolutely flying. He's come in on loan from uh, from Brazil. He's a young Portuguese striker, and he's absolutely flying. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how he progresses. He's a player that um, I think will definitely be in the shop window at the end of the year. A lot of teams will be looking to bring him in permanently. And there's a team by the name of Milan, as we did mention, that probably do need a younger striker to come in next season. Um, Don't know if he's the answer, but definitely someone, if it's not Milan, there will be a lot of clubs in the higher ranks of Serie A and the top five leagues that will be looking at his services. I don't know. He didn't entirely convince me. I, I just don't, didn't like the celebration. I mean, the celebration was... was yeah, you can't was, score a goal that scrappy and then pull out the LeBron. LeBron James. Yeah, but the thing walk. is, though, the thing is, though, he had a really good game. Like, okay. every time the ball went near him, my heart dropped thinking because... He's a physical handful, that oh, guy. Oh, yeah. He's quick. He's strong. Um, you know, he's one of the few players that probably can match for Kaio Tamori's uh, pace and strength in defense. And there was a moment where he like outstrength Tamori and outpaced him. And I thought, oh my goodness, like we are in for a handful. Um, but he was, he was great. So that's definitely something for Udinese to keep an eye on. Not too sure who their new manager is going to be just yet, but it was a very, very good start for their caretaker coming in by the name of, uh, it's Joffy, the, uh, the new, the new man in charge. And he plays a very, very similar style to Luca Gotti. He was actually the former manager of Crawley Town, Gabriela Joffy, uh, in 2018, 2019 before... Wow. Uh, heading back to Udinese as an assistant under Luca Gotti. And there's the caretaker for the time being. And he also spent time at Birmingham as an assistant. So he's been around the traps. Yeah, there you go. You don't see too many Italian managers making waves in lower league, league English football. English football. That's, mainly, a, that's pretty rogue. Yeah, and when you actually search his name on on Google, the third link that comes up is actually his LinkedIn. So if you want to <laughs> suss Gabriela Choffi's resume, if you're if he doesn't get picked up permanently as the Udinese manager, if you're looking for a new mm. coach out there, get on his LinkedIn, send him a message. <laughs> we'll, we'll endorse him after the show. Um, he is his own PR, apparently. Uh, it's great. But anyways, in Serie A this weekend, it really was, again, another crazy weekend, as it always is. Into another win this morning, 4-0 convincing win over Cagliari. It could have been easily like eight or nine nil if it wasn't for Cranio between the sticks. 24 shots on goal to five, 15 of them on target, 76% possession to 24%. The difference is in Serie A, Josh, not like the A-League, that if you do have the ball on these occasions, it does actually equate to victories. Just not against Sudanese. No, that's really the, that's the one sort <laughs> of outlier. exception that proves the rule. Yeah, and Atalanta as well came up with another win. Two up win over Hellas Verona, who have been very pecky throughout this season. Again, Giovanni Simeone scoring for Hellas Verona, but Miranchuk and Kutminers got the goals there for Atalanta. Napoli, though, three games now without a win in the league, dropping points at home to Empoli, who have been very impressive this season as one of the three, well, the best of the three promoted sides, Salernitana and Venezia. Having a bit of a tough season so far, Venezia the only one outside of the bottom three, uh, Salernitana rooted to the bottom, but Empoli knocking on the door of mm. Europe. Who would have thought? Only two points behind Juventus, but above both Roma and Lazio after 17 games. And with that man, Patrick Cutrone, I'm very he didn't happy know for him. anything about that goal. The ball was, if you haven't seen it, corner came in, in swinger. The ball was headed into the back of Cutrone's head, rebounded, and then it was actually David Ospina mm. uh, who was in goals for Napoli. Alex Mere left on the bench. 
Uh, he let that one squirm through his grasp. He's yeah. way off balance and weirdly out of position. Didn't expect it. And no. uh, yeah, Napoli pay the price. They had 30 shots in this game, but they couldn't score a goal. And I, injury... I think they were a bit, bit unlucky, to yeah, be honest. They the, peppered the goal. The injury problem still... Uh, very much apparent for Napoli. They went back to the back four, so a lot of plays out in that back line and up top as well. They had likes of Unas starting at 10. They had Elmas, who usually is coming off the bench, along with Deme starting. Obviously, the back line is still completely ravaged. Insigne came off the bench. We know the rumours about his... Uh, potential exit. Zambo Anguissa and Manolas, well, Zambo Anguissa came off the bench and Manolas, probably working his way back to full fitness, was on the bench but didn't play. But Napoli heading into a crunch game against Milan at the Sunset or next week. They lose that game and suddenly going from Scudetto favourites, they're probably going to be hanging on to maybe a spot in the top four heading into Christmas because Fiorentina are coming right at them. They're only six points behind them. They've won three in a row. Their main man, Dusan Vlahovic, mm. can't stop scoring right now. They actually could be signing Aiden Hustic by the looks of it. Let's actually, let's actually get into that very quickly, Josh. He's um, not playing at all for Frankie. No. He, he was uh, lauded early on in the season, a few... Twitter threads went round saying, Aiden Trustich, look, he's getting minutes in the Bundesliga. How good's this? And then as soon as Jakic came in, replaced him in the Frankfurt 11, he's often not even making the bench now. So yep. uh, he's dropped off the radar at Eintracht. If there is um, another team in the Bundesliga who wants him, I think it would make sense to move laterally. Would you rate him in Serie A? I think I mean, Fiorentina be... might be a bit too big of a jump, I would have thought. At Fiorentina, be an interesting one. I mean, their midfield is already stacked. They've got a very, like, Lucas Torreira, Giacomo Bonaventura, yeah, exactly. Alfred Duncan. Uh, they've got Amrabat, Saponara, Benassi. They've got a lot of good midfielders. But in saying that, a few of those guys are getting a bit older in terms of Giacomo Bonaventura. Duncan is not necessarily he's he's like another six. He's not he's a bit of a nondescript footballer, real sort of, you know, uh, he's a bit of a six, but slash big body midfield doesn't really offer a hell of a lot. But if they want that extra bit of attacking sort of surge coming out of midfield, which Vincenzo Italiano teams like to play on the front foot. They like to get numbers forward. That's why you see a lot of uh, minutes for Ricardo Saponara. I don't think it would be a bad move, but if if Raul Betis is the team that's also interested in him, I think Raul Betis would actually be maybe a better fit for him. I, I, I'd love to see him in Serie A. I don't know if Fiorentina, if he wants to say, come right into the starting 11 and play from the get-go, it might be a bit difficult. I think if he, say, went to a, a Torino or a Sassuolo, um, maybe mean, a Hellas Verona, I think he'd be straight in the starting both, 11. Both Betis and Fiorentina seem like places he wouldn't play to me. You don't, don't think he'd play at Real Betis? I don't think so. They're too good, to be honest. Um, with a guy who hasn't really established much of a reputation for himself in European mm. football, obviously we love him. Uh, he's one of the best Australian footballers out there at the moment, and uh, I think he's got huge potential. Uh, but I just I just think he's going to sit on the bench in both those places. Mm. Um, you know, Maybe the pay will be a bit high, but I, I would encourage him to look further down the league table and, and go to a place where he's more nailed on to, to start matches because, I mean, Betis have one of the best midfields in Spain. Yeah. Look, the other team, like as I mentioned, I think would be good for him be Torino because Torino have a bit of a midfield conundrum at the end of this season. So mm. they obviously want to keep Tommaso Pobega, who has been one of the best midfielders in Serie A this season, but he's obviously owned by Milan. There is, you know, sort of talk that he will stay at Milan next season because Kessie obviously being on the way out, it does open up a position in midfield for them. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they in that situation, I, I don't know if they 100% would, but I think they are a really good fit for him because Pobega and Hrustic are very, very similar profiles. Um, you know, same sort of, you know, like to get forward, can play as a 10, can play further back, really creative players, score goals. I think it'd be a good fit for them.
I want to talk a little bit about Dushan Vlahovic. Yes. Because I think this guy is going to be an expensive flop for a high-profile club very, you think very so? soon. I, I think he's ticking all the boxes of a player who is way outperforming their XG by an unsustainable amount. <laughs> he scored and 15 he's, goals. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. But, and there's a lot of penalties in there as yeah. well. I think if he, he should be making a 40 or 50 million euro move to a Europa League slash Champions League periphery kind of club. If he's mm. if he's making a one hundred million or hundred and twenty million move to like Man City, yeah, I think that I think this is a step too far from this guy. Let's look. Let, let's like take a look through the numbers. I mean, his non penalty xG is only the fifty seventh percentile among mm-hmm. forwards in Serie A. Non penalty xG and plus um, expected assists only the fifty second percentile. So you know he's he's pretty middle of the road in like mm. the actual. Uh, positions he's getting into, the chances he's creating. Uh, I, I mean, the goal tally looks very, very impressive. He's good in the air, and he's obviously a good finisher, but is he this good? Is he going to continue to be this good? Because even the best strikers in the world only outperform their expected goals by about 20% mm. or so, maybe maybe 10%. Like that's- I think Vlaovic as well, one thing I have noticed watching a bit of him this season is that he does like to feed off the scraps as well. There's been mm. a few goals. Remember, the goal he did score against Milan was based off a mistake in the back. A couple of the times when a bit of a mix-up, he's in the right place at the right time, pounce, you're in on goal. And those strikers have value, finish. but do they of have course. 120 million euro value? The thing is, though, one thing, Dusan Vlaovic is only 21. So I think that's one thing we've got to remember too. Is that this, this, this kid, this, he's still a kid. He will get better. Um I think that it'd be interesting to see where he ends up because Fiorentina obviously have, you know, they're resigned to the fact that he's gone. He's not going to be there next season. Um, you'll see at the rest of the year, Rocco Comiso has put Fiorentina in a really bad spot because he's basically said he's gone. They've set the precedent that anyone can just come across and buy him because Fiorentina have promised to sell him. So at the end of the day, he's got the bargaining power. You know, Fiorentina probably could have, you know, if Fiorentina got 110 million for Vlavic, they would be laughing. They could go and basically buy a brand new squad, even though they don't have to. They'll go buy four or five top quality players to fill out their squad. I mean, it's interesting because at Man City, I don't think he'd be the player. I, I, I just can't see Vlaovic playing for Man City. I don't think he fits the Guardiola profile. I think Harry Kane is like literally nailed on as that guy. Tottenham, you did mention Europa League. I mean, if Harry Kane does go, I think Vlaovic under Antonio Conte, I think Conte knows, if there's one thing that Conte knows how to do is get the best out of his strikers. You think that's true. Historically... You know, look with Lukaku, Diego Costa, even back at Juventus for guys like Mirko Vucinic, Italy with Graziano Pele, for God's sake, he gets the best out of his strikers. I think that if Harry Kane does leave, he'd be a good fit at Tottenham. Um, the other team that's surprisingly, well, not really surprisingly, but I don't know if he'd want to go play there next season is Newcastle. Because obviously Newcastle have got the big kitty. They can afford him, but he, they could be playing in the championship next season. And if Dusan Vlaovic is smart... As much as they may be able to offer more money than anyone else in world football, you're not going to go play in the championship. And you're not going to get the kind of service that you need at Newcastle. Yeah. For me, Unless they, I, they, they need to overhaul their midfield at Newcastle. They've yeah. actually got okay forwards. But the midfield sucks. Yeah, it yeah. is ass. It yeah. is absolute ass cheeks. And the defense needs reinforcement yeah. as well. So I, I don't think he would make a splash, like, but that that isn't valuable to Newcastle. The, the other moment. team that's substance. interested is uh, Manchester United. I don't think he should go to Manchester United because we all know what's going to happen. If he goes to Manchester United, he will sit on the bench. 
I mean, with, with Ronaldo still there, he's going to find that. If Vlahovic signs for Manchester United for an exorbitant fee, I will tear my hair out. Yeah, even and as a Manchester could United you, supporter. Could yeah. you imagine a less compatible signing mm. based on what they have and what they need? But is less that that is the Manchester United recent history yeah, I of know. just buying players because their names absolutely plausible. Yeah, uh, but does he fit the profile of a Ralph Ranić forward? Um, don't think he does. No, because pressures nineteenth percentile he's... for pressures. Tackles fifth percentile. He doesn't jump off the page in terms of his defensive nope. statistics as a striker. He plays off the shoulder. He's he's literally he's not a hard worker. So do we Why? need another Cristiano Ronaldo in the team? No, uh, we're already having enough problems I, with the one we've got. <laughs> I would see. I would love to see Vlaovic stay in Serie A. I know a team that. Any team in Serie A, considering that they would pump up the, the price tag for him anyway because they wouldn't want to sell him mm. to any of their rivals, considering now Fiorentina are right back in the mix for Europe. Um, but to be honest, I think he would have been – he'd be a great fit. And I say this like, you know, 110% true with this. I think he'd be a great fit at Inter. Um, I think if when Ed and Jekyll now getting towards the end, Ed and Jekyll is evergreen and that guy does things at his age, which I still can't believe he's able to do. I think he'd be a great fit as like a Jekyll replacement. I know that Jekyll will probably still be their man next year, but I would have loved to have seen him at Inter or another team. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Juventus. Because Juve at the moment, they're in a bit of an interesting predicament, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Paulo Dybala, I think him and Dybala would be an interesting front too. But then again, though, you've got to ask the question is, are they going to put the, the eggs in the basket of Moise Kane? Because he's not playing much. Is he the one that maybe makes makes way? Other than that, I don't think he'd be a good fit at Milan because we've seen with strikers of Vlaovic's profile. Uh, have we written off Morata already? Is he just a bottle job? I no, like I, him. I don't, I don't mind Morata, but I think he gets a bit of a bad rap and we know what Morata's like. He he's, could get up one day and decide that he wants to go somewhere else. He, so, could, he could get up one day and decide he's had enough of football. And yeah. it's just Because he, he seems like some, someone on whom the criticism weighs heavily. Absolutely. And I feel sorry for him in that sense. But... In He's terms a, little, of, a lost little lamb. He's so talented. Yeah, in though. terms of the other teams, though, Milan, I mean, as mentioned, I think Milan need to move away from these sort of big-bodied strikers who are, you know, not pressing forwards like Zlatan and Giroud. I think, like, they've, it's been proven that with when they play with Rebic or if they sign Belotti next season that that's what they have to do with the way Milan want to play. I think that allows for them to get the oh, most Belotti's out of a place. big body striker. But Belotti runs. Yeah. Zlatan he doesn't looks- run. Giroud doesn't run. So that's a Bel- problem. Belotti's a lot more mobile. Yes. And a lot, he's got a much higher work rate yeah. than either of those And guys. Vlaovic, not so much. So look, I think I would, I reckon we'll see Vlaovic in the Premier League next season. I think that's probably the most, I think you're going to put your bets on now. Premier League would be compatible he, for him. I think him. it's going to be Tottenham. I think it will be Tottenham. I I saw a report that he rejected Arsenal. I would wouldn't mind him at Arsenal if you move on Aubameyang and you have him as the main man up top. I don't think it would be the worst thing. I think he it's an overpay for Arsenal at this point. I think it's an overpay. But we've seen their problems with Aubameyang at the moment up top. Yeah, they they do need a forward. I mean, Aubameyang and Lacazette it's just not happening anymore. Well, Lacazette's out of contract, so yeah. he's gone. I don't think they're going to give Lacazette a new deal. I think he'll be off on a free. They've got issues with a lot of their other forwards are like sort of inverted forwards slash wingers, guys like Martinelli and Nicola Pepe. I mean, Nketia, I think, has a lot of potential, but he hasn't been given, you know, a full... Does Arsenal you know, have run. too much of the ball for, for Vlahovic yeah. to be successful? 
Yeah, we've been told by Procure, our producer, obviously the resident Arsenal fan here, Balogun as well, but obviously he's still very young and I think he does need some time out on loan to actually develop. I don't think Nketiah is going to going to be a thing either. I mean, I th- I, look, I still have faith in Nketiah, but I don't think he's going to be the guy at Arsenal. He could be, be a guy, but not I think the he's, guy. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Nketiah one day sold to... So he's rejected a new contract, apparently. Procure just Sources, sources say. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I, honestly, like, Nketiah and, and screams to me he'll be playing for Leeds probably next season or some other mm. mid-table Premier League side. But anyways, Josh, look, let's leave the Serie R chat for just a second. Otherwise, we're going to give the Juve fans a bit more uh, to, to ponder over because the fact that they drew Venezia on the weekend. We don't want to upset the Juve fans too much. I mean, we give it to them enough as it is. But when we come back, we'll dive into La Liga. I mean, it's been a, a bit of an interesting weekend, not just on the field, but off it. Sometimes I feel... I don't know. I don't know. Buona giornata. Buona serata. Buona giornata. There's not really time to relax and take an espresso for Juventus. <laughs> you don't have to get that bitch. You don't have to get that bitch. Attaccare! Attaccare! 